Hello, welcome to Dementia Caregivers Community, the place to empower, equip, educate, and support. We're so happy you've joined us. Tracy Wilson, I'm the co-host of Dementia Caregivers Community, Regional Director with an organization called Alzheimer's Tennessee. With us today in our Experts and Educators Carousel, we have the wonderful Cheryl Blanchard. Cheryl is a licensed social worker, a dementia care specialist, a certified case manager, and she comes to us with 12 years of experience working with those living with cognitive impairment as well as their caregivers. Incidentally, Cheryl is also the regional director of our Middle Tennessee area with Alzheimer's Tennessee. So Cheryl, thank you for joining us. Tracy, it's great to be here with you. You know, you and I go back a long way. So this is this is going to be a fun time today. Long time. We won't talk about how long. <laughs> so you are joining us today for an extremely timely topic. We are in the throes of getting ready for Christmas. Thanksgiving just passed us by. And a lot of people that we work with, and Cheryl, I'm sure you can attest to this, a lot of folks out there want to learn, want some okay about how to make the holidays more doable, whatever that looks like for them. Sometimes we've been asked, how do I make it through? How do I make it more doable for both myself and my my family? So we are extremely excited to have you today. And we think you have an amazing presentation that is truly about adapting yourself to the holidays and kind of remembering the A-D-A-P-T of adapting the holidays. So first we have the A. So save us, help us. How do we, how do we make the holidays more doable and more manageable and keep everything flowing like we need it to flow? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you're, you're right, Tracy, this time of year, we do get a lot of calls coming into the office. And one of the most common questions I get, and I'm sure you get this as well, is what do we do? Do we pick mom up from her memory care? Do we take her home? Do we do this and that? And and it really oftentimes varies based on the family. But, but after getting that question for so many years, I did want to come up with something that was kind of simple to remember. So I started thinking about what do we really have to do? There are going to be some changes, yes, but that does not mean that we can't still enjoy the holidays with our loved ones with a diagnosis. It, it just means that things need to change a little. And I came up with the word adapt and I, I kind of broke it apart and came up with a little tip for each letter of the word adapt. I mentioned you've known me a long time. I'm kind of an overachiever, so I couldn't stop at just one word. I came up with two for each letter. So as we go through the word adapt, we're just going to kind of pick it apart. So, you know, the first letter being an A, the first thing that we have to do is really just assess what is this all about? What are the holidays about? Is it the most important thing that we only celebrate Christmas, for example, on December 25th? Or is the most important thing really just that we get to spend time with our loved one no matter what? Mm -hmm. uh, is it the most important thing that we're at the house we've always been at? Or can we have some kind of celebration if they're living in an assisted living or memory care? What is that going to look like? What is the goal? How can we adjust things? There's some tradition that we just can't live without. Maybe mom always went to a candlelight service on Christmas Eve and it's just not feasible in anymore. How can we adjust that? How can we make that where she can go? And maybe we take a few family members to the community and have the little battery operated candles instead of a real candle. 
and we just adjust things that way. And we still can celebrate. We still can have this special moment. It's just going to look a tad bit different. So what is the most important piece of that? So that's where we kind of assess the situation, assess what what really is going to be more important. And then I think that the even more important word for this first day is just accept. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there's so many changes going on when a loved one gets diagnosed. There's so many changes, especially if that's the mom, the grandmom that always did all the planning and all the cooking. So we're just going to have to accept that things are going to be a little different except that there's some changes we've got to consider this time of year from previous years and previous celebrations. But understanding that just because things are going to be different doesn't mean that they're impossible. And we can find a new way to still celebrate this season and this day. And accepting that things are going to be different is going to do a couple of things. It's really going to save us and our family members from experiencing a lot of disappointment. You know, if we go into it with the expectation that things are going to be different, it really lowers the disappointment, but it also kind of lessens the frustration for everybody involved. If we just understand that things are going to be different and just go ahead and, and accept that up front. Sure. I think you bring up just so many great points. And this is truly an across the board approach, right? Whether it's a mom living in memory care or assisted living or a husband living in the same bedroom with us, it can be used across the board. And many times that thought of normal is no more than past experiences. And so many times those expectations, as you mentioned, are things that we've put upon ourselves that all the other people in our lives would be very happy and very willing to have a change. But it's us that kind of hold true to that and beat ourselves up as a caregiver when we're unable sometimes to, as you said, keep everything the way that it has always been. So taking that stress and pressure off of ourselves because our plates are already full for sure. Yeah, and and that's great. It actually led right into the letter D, which is the next letter we're going to cover. But I just, you know, if I can stay on that just for a second and share that on a flip side of that, many of us that are family caregivers have already experienced this on the other side. And that's as our children grow up and start families of their own you know, we've kind of already had to experience that assessing and adapting things, changing things. How are we going to do this? And so if we can remember that and how we did things on that side, we can Mm -hmm. really apply a lot of those same strategies and, and looking at things to this situation. Absolutely. All right. So talk to us about the delegation and the decision making, the D of the ADAPT. Yes. So the next D is delegate and decide. And it really follows up with exactly what you said there. I think you said, you know, there are a lot of family members that would be fine with making some changes. So that's where we get into delegating because let's say we've always gone to grandma's house, but now either grandma is the one with dementia or she's very, very busy taking care of grandpa who has dementia. Either way, as much as she's going to want to still do everything and we might all want everything to be the same, stepping in and helping is going to be huge. So sharing that hosting and cooking with others. Now, I know my grandmother never would have stood for that. She would have said, nope, we're doing it. We've always done it. But you know how that is. You don't have yeah. her kitchen. But right. you know, maybe uh, maybe we invite everybody to, to a different house this year. Maybe we divide up the recipes that we're going to be making or, or the dishes that are traditional. Maybe it's a great opportunity for grandma to start sharing with the kids and grandkids how she makes the most perfect pumpkin pie in the world. So kind of start sharing those things. 
And then the other thing that's really important, another thing to delegate is if there are those very, very special things, the loved one who is a caregiver wants to participate in, such as a midnight mass, a candlelight service, just something that's very, very deeply meaningful to them. Maybe you can go and stay with a person who has dementia and allow that caregiver to get out and still participate in those things. So delegating that. If the person is already living in an assisted living or a memory care community, let them do their job. You know, their job is to make sure that the person is taken care of. Their job is to make sure that there are holiday celebrations. And again, going back to the A, they may not host their holiday celebration on the exact date, but they're going to do something. So go there, participate in in their activities. They may have caroling, they may have a special family gathering, a special dinner and things like that. So definitely let them do that. And that'll take a lot of pressure off making everything perfect at home. Join in those festivities at the community. I know, Tracy, you and I have been in a lot of them and they really do a tremendous job. And then the decide, the D for decide is please, please, please make these decisions in advance. Everything that you can do in advance is going to alleviate the stress. Talk to families. Hey, what do you think about moving this here? How about some of us going to see mom in the assisted living community? And then we'll get together at another house. People feel bad, you know, if they're not there on the actual day. I want to remind folks that with short-term memory loss and with the difficulty keeping up with days and the passage of time, as long as you go and celebrate with your loved one, that's the most important piece. Uh, it's, It's not very likely that they're going to really get that it's Christmas day and you didn't come on Christmas day. It's important that you go celebrate, not necessarily the day. Uh, And one thing to do is to divide into smaller groups you know, it can be very overwhelming either to bring the person out of the community and into the home when there are 20 or 25 people in that house. That can be really overwhelming, but it can also be overwhelming if everybody tries to go on one day to the community. So as as family is coming in and visiting and they want to go see their loved one, divide that into smaller groups, maybe mm-hmm. two or three go one day three, four, go the next day. And then you're still, again, getting to celebrate this holiday, maybe not on the exact day, but by breaking that into smaller groups, it makes it a little bit easier on the person with dementia. They're not terribly overwhelmed by a great big group of people coming in. You know, if you're in a home, you can divide into smaller groups by setting aside a quiet room somewhere where the person with dementia can go where they're not in the middle of the hustle and bustle. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good idea there. And then just set up a visiting area. So maybe again, one or two people can go and visit with the person with a diagnosis at a time. You know, that is wonderful advice and things that I think we just have to hear it over and over because the immediate place that most people's minds probably go to is outside of what we have done the same way for 50 plus years, for 40 plus years. And the person living with cognitive impairment, pulling them out of that environment where everyone is going to them at the same time and sharing the same celebration time with them is actually a disservice to them 
when actually the positive of it, there's many, many, many positives, but one of them is that we're kind of stretching the amount of time that the person living with cognitive impairment will be celebrating the holidays. So really, it's kind of a win-win. You d- it just lasts a lot longer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm all about extending the holiday. Yeah. You know, in my house, we have birthday <laughs> Eve, birthday, day after birthday. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's a neat thing too, is just giving everybody that opportunity to have that smaller visit and a little more individual time with the person as opposed to that big group setting. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So now I believe we're back on another A. Is that we right? Are. All right. So this next day, again, with two words, these words are address and allow. So address means addressing your guilt. You know, so many families feel so guilty if they don't go pick their loved one up and, and bring them out on Christmas Day, bring them to see the family. But really, again, the person, it might be too much on them. It might be too overwhelming. It might be what we think is the right thing to do, but it it creates stress for the person with a diagnosis. So just really address your guilt. One of the very best ways to do that is by attending a support group. We have a number of those available in the community and also via Zoom. So hop on and talk to other people that have been there. And how did you do this? And what did you do for the holidays? And how did you handle it? And also allow yourself to enjoy the holiday. It's okay to allow yourself to enjoy the holiday. So address that as well. Know that you don't have to feel guilty if you get to visit with all of the family that's from out of town and maybe your loved one doesn't. It's okay for you to do that. You know, you didn't wish this disease on them. It's not your fault. And and it's okay. In fact, I'm trying to remember one of the ladies in my support group has three C's that she shares with us. And she said, I didn't cause it. I can't control Control it it. and there is no cure. You know this, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, And that's right. Yeah. And and so when she shares that, I always like to to share that with others as well, that, you know, I didn't cause it. I can't control it. And there's no cure. So a guilt is just one of those nasty things that, Mm -hmm. that hops on caregivers. And we really, really do try to address that and to allow yourself to enjoy the holiday without feeling guilty. A couple of other things that you can address are setting up that quiet room and setting up a visiting area. So if there is a large living room, if there's a little alcove, sunrooms work great for this. If there's a separate little den or office, maybe make the person comfortable in there. Let them know that's their space. And it's okay for one or two people at a time to come and visit. But you know, it is extremely overwhelming for a person with a diagnosis to be in a huge room with 10 or 15 different conversations going on. You know, they just get lost and it's frustrating and it's not enjoyable. So setting up this quiet space actually makes a lot more enjoyable. And the other thing that does is it allows them a place to retreat to if they do get overwhelmed. So the other A for allow is allowing your loved one to do what they need to do and explain that to family up front. You know, I had a a family member call one time. We were in a a support group meeting or a family meeting. I can't remember, but one person was just very angry because dad kept leaving. And they said, well, it's like, he doesn't even care that we're here. He doesn't even want to celebrate Christmas with us. You know, they were very hurt by that. But the wife had to do is explain that's not it at all. This is too much for him. And he just needed to step away for a little bit. And, and get away from all the noise and all the commotion. So again, explaining to family up front, hey, we've got this room set up for dad. If, if it gets too noisy or it gets to be too much, we're just going to allow him 
to step away, to go back there in this quiet room and, and to rest. And then he'll come back and join us. It has nothing to do with him not loving us or not wanting to see the grandchildren. This is just what we're going to allow mm-hmm. him to do. I think one of the things that you began this A with was don't feel guilty about being present with other family members. Mm-hmm. And that always reminds me of the mantra that we try to instill through support groups and definitely through dementia caregivers community and all of the programs and services that Alzheimer's Tennessee provides. And that is you cannot pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. You have to replenish your spirit doing things that are important and meaningful to you because as a caregiver, we're still people right? Mm -hmm. We're still people with needs and desires and all of those types of things. So I'm very thankful that you absolutely hit on that. We know too that caregivers will wear themselves completely out, not take care of their own health. And I was on the phone just this morning with someone whose mom ended up in the hospital last week because of that, because she's a caregiver and wore herself completely out. So we do see that happen. So it's not selfish. No, self-care isn't selfish. It's absolutely 100% essential. Absolutely. Amen. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And there's another A. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I think we're to the P, which is plan and prepare. This sounds good. Plan and prepare. So more so than any other time in the past, it's going to be really important for you to make plans. Where is it going to be? Who's going to make what? Going back to some of the other letters, how are we going to delegate? How are we going to prepare for this person to be comfortable in this home? Are we going to bring them out of the community? Are we going to go visit them there? So all of those plans you can do, but then prepare for the unexpected. You know, dementia, whether it's Alzheimer's disease, frontal temporal, Lewy body, vascular, whatever, these are all brain diseases. And we cannot always predict how the person with the diagnosis is going to respond to anything, whether it's a, a good thing or a bad thing going on around them. They may be able to tolerate lots of grandchildren running around and playing with new toys, and it may be too much, and we just don't know. So plan it out the best that we can, make those decisions way in advance, so get everybody on board, but then be prepared for the unexpected. And that may mean that you're absolutely prepared to grab your loved one and leave and take them back home or take them back to the community if it's too much. May not be what you want to do, But again, by being prepared in advance and knowing that that's a possibility, it doesn't come as a shock if if that is what needs to be done or having that quiet place for them to go. Preparing for the unexpected also is educating other family members. You know, a lot of family be coming in from out of town and they haven't seen this person for a long time and they do not understand uh, Alzheimer's or dementia. So it's so important to prepare them. And, And I think sometimes about those lengthy Christmas letters people used to send out, you know, maybe mm-hmm. we go back to something like that, an email. Hey, just want to catch you up on how grandpa is doing. You know, sometimes he doesn't recognize people and he might not know your name. He still loves you very much. But if he doesn't know your name or calls you by the wrong name, just just kind of go along with it, mm-hmm. you know, or just reintroduce yourself. And if he tells the same story over and over, just listen like it's the first time. And and especially with children, helping them understand, because it can be very confusing for them. So that preparing is also uh, preparing other family members and giving them some information on what's going on so that the, the visit can be 
as positive as it can possibly be. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I think to circle back around on is if we do, if we do need to leave, if we need to leave or we need to retreat or we need to regroup Mm -hmm. and do something differently, that doesn't equal failure. Right. That Absolutely. E- yeah. So just realizing that, again, things are going to look differently, which we know, we know mentally, we know that. But I always say that the longest journey is from the head to the heart. It's a very mm-hmm. short distance. But coming to that understanding of I did my best, they were able to enjoy what they were able to enjoy. And now we need to go a different route or back up and punt is what is what yeah. I like to say. We back up yeah. and punt. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I love that, that it is not failure because if we look at again, what is the goal? What is mm-hmm. the purpose going mm-hmm. all the way back to the beginning? Mm-hmm. And if that is to make sure this person is as calm, as content, stress-free and happy as they can possibly be, then it'll be doing the right thing right. to remove them some, from a situation that's being overwhelming or is too much for them to handle. That's not a negative thing at all. It's a very positive thing to take them somewhere else where they can be calmer and and not experiencing that stress or that feeling of being overwhelmed. So it really is a very positive thing mm-hmm. that if you recognize that we need to go, that it's too much, then then that's a wonderful, loving thing to do, not a failure at all. Absolutely. All right, our la- I think we're down to our last T. Tell us a little bit about that. We are. So the last T, we kind of just talked about it because the word is actually talk. So talking <laughs> to those family and friends in advance, really explaining to them, explaining communication and responses, and then have them maybe view a lot of the videos that we have on the Alzheimer's Tennessee website. You know, there's mm-hmm. tons of information out there and have them be prepared by having those talks in advance. And then the other T is for traditions. And this is, again, going back to the, the changes and how are things going to change? How are they going be the same. It is a season of traditions. It's the season of grandma always making that pumpkin pie. It's the season of always doing these certain activities or going to these certain plays or concerts. So thinking about what part of the tradition is most important? We talked earlier about the, a lot of people like to go to a midnight candlelight service. Okay. What's the most important part of that? Is it actually that we're in a church building exactly at midnight on Christmas Eve? Or is it that we get to experience the religious or spiritual piece of that? And if that truly is the important part, we can recreate that at home. And we mentioned getting those battery powered candles. We can sing the Christmas hymns. We can have that ceremonial piece of it without necessarily having to go. Maybe, uh, maybe dad was the one who always decorated the house and put all the lights up on the roof. And so we say now, hey, dad, we don't want you climbing up on the roof, but I'm going to do this and I need your help mm-hmm. and bundle him up with a blanket and a chair and and then, you know, ask his advice. That way he feels like he's still involved and it'll be really fun if you mess up and he tells you, you know, how <laughs> about you're messing up or the same thing with the cooking. You know, maybe it's time that I learn how to make grandma's famous pumpkin pie, but I ask her to come and help me. Hey, grandma, this year, I really want to do all the pieces of that because I have got to learn how to make this. Will you help me? Now she's still involved. She's not really doing it all. But if the tradition is that we still get to experience these things, it's kind of a way of passing that on, you know, to the next generation. You can still have these activities and do these things. But going back to that very first A and and the whole word adapt, it's just going to start to look a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what about new traditions? You know, uh, one of my favorite things to do is to, to map out all the great Christmas light displays 
And we go drive around all over town and drink hot chocolate in the car and look at the Christmas light displays. Or maybe you have a Christmas movie marathon. Maybe you can't go out and go to all the Christmas plays, but maybe you just watch a bunch of them on television or or sit around and watch the movies with hot cocoa. So there's a lot of ways you can still celebrate all the things that we enjoy, but they're just going to look a little bit different. And that is definitely a theme that keeps coming up. So just to reiterate, they say it takes, what, seven times of Mm -hmm. hearing something seven times before it fully kind of connects and it sticks. So just remembering, again, there it's not wrong. It's not making things easier for for Mm -hmm. anyone other than the person living with cognitive impairment, which, again, is the whole goal. Absolutely. 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 How can we make them have the most enjoyable holiday season? And and guess what? It may not be that we're going to do every single solitary thing we've always done. And that's okay. Because mm-hmm. the goal is to help them have the best time. And, and a lot of times people are thinking about all the cans. Well, you know, dad, dad can't get up on the roof and do the lights anymore. Mom can't cook that whole big meal anymore. We just can't do all these things. But let's focus on the cans. You know, what mm-hmm. can we do? Well, we can still hop in the car and go look at lights. We can still watch lots of familiar movies. We can still sing Christmas carols and hymns together. They can certainly still be involved in helping to wrap gifts and helping in the kitchen. They can still maybe measure and mix and things like that. Um, shopping is something that people ask about, you know, because goodness gracious, I don't even like going to a crowded shopping area, but with everything being <laughs> online now, you know, you can you can pull up things, pull up a couple of different gift ideas and show them, say, hey, mom, you know, which one do you think Sally would like better, this one or that one? And they can still be involved in doing that. So just really focus on some creative ways to still have them involved. If I can finish up, I know we're done with that word, but, you know, Tracy, you and I, over the course of our work at Alzheimer's Tennessee, we both had the amazing opportunity to work with a lot of people that are diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Yes. And I got their input on this a while back. And I said, hey, what do you, what do you need people to know? So a lot of that was kind of already incorporated. But if, if we've got time, I want to just throw out a Absolutely. couple. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. That, so they're the ones that recommended the smaller gatherings. They said it's very hard to be in a big crowd. They want to see everybody. They want you to know. They do want to see everybody. But 25 or 30 people in a room is a bit much. So Mm -hmm. they asked for the smaller gatherings. They said, just simplify things. We just want to see you. We don't care if it's everything in this big, huge thing. We just want to see you. They also talked about being aware of decorations. We have a lot of things out. I have uh, little elves and all kinds of things in my house. And I I have some little, and I'm kind of Christmas crazy, but I have some little animated figures that that move. And I've looked at those and thought, you know, I'd probably have to not have those out if somebody here had dementia, because it would be very confusing, this tiny little person moving back and forth under Mm -hmm. the tree, that they don't go anywhere. Right. But also thinking about a lot of times we decorate with fruit. Well, if it looks like an apple or a pear, I might pick it up and try to take a bite out of it. Oh, I'm going to try to eat it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cognitively, (laughs) it's confusing. Mm -hmm. I had a lady one time that had a, a candle it was in a, a warmer, so it wasn't on fire, but the, it was in a mason jar and it was in a warmer. And it, the name of the candle was a pumpkin spice latte. Well, her husband actually came up and took a sip of it. It smelled like a pumpkin spice latte. Mm-hmm. What do you do right. when you you want to drink it? So he right. did. And fortunately, he was not burned and the wax did not hurt him. But being aware of things like that, if you've got a sugar cookie candle or a hot cocoa candle, 
going somewhere. It's confusing if it's in a little jar or in a cup. I've seen candles in little mugs and it's going to look and smell like hot chocolate. The person might pick it up. So be very, very aware of those things you might not have thought about. They also wanted you to know that the sensory overload is a big deal. So they said, if we zone out or lash out, it does not mean that we don't love you. Mm-hmm. It's just too much for us. And that's why we talk about having that quiet room where they can kind of step aside too. So those are some tips actually from people living with a diagnosis that they asked me to share. And I think that's great and absolutely a wonderful place to kind of leave off on the fact that you mentioned the information was given by those living with a dementia diagnosis or a cognitive impairment. All of our Live Well through Alzheimer's Tennessee, all of our Live Well Academy Memory Cafe programming truly is led by a steering committee of individuals living with cognitive impairment. Who better to get that information from and to just make it the best for both parties, for the person providing care and for the person either receiving care or the person who may need just a little bit of assistance, whatever that looks like in this season of life. Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. We are absolutely excited to share this information with the listening community to better adapt our holiday expectations to make it the best season that we've had in caring for somebody living with cognitive impairment or related dementia. So Cheryl, thank you so much for joining Dementia Caregivers community today. We're thankful for you, for your time, for the invaluable information that you allowed us to capture today. We are very hopeful it will brighten someone's day provide that education support that we want to provide to all individuals caring for those living with a cognitive impairment. And we hope you will join us next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dementia Caregivers Community Podcast. You can learn more about the podcast at alztennessee.org slash podcast. Please review us on your podcast player. It helps other caregivers find the community. And please join us for the next episode.